0: 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30, Chad.
1: 4-0 Maple Leafs leading the Penguins. That's in the third period. Also in the third, Devils up 2-1 on the Sharks. Canadians have gone ahead of the Capitals. 3-2, 3-3 tie, Flyers and Blue Jackets. In the second period, Jets up 4-1 on Ottawa. No score, Coyotes and Blues. Later, Lightning in Vegas, Panthers take on the Kings. Connor McDavid skated before practice and then took part in Oilers practice today. He did not rule himself out for tomorrow. However, nobody said that he's playing either. He will go on the California... And Vegas road trip, L.A. Sunday, Anaheim Tuesday, Vegas on Wednesday. So I would think if he doesn't play tomorrow against the Wild, he plays sometime on that road trip. McDavid did hold a media scrum today, commented on the strong play of Leon Dreisaitl. You know, he's obviously in one of those groups. Um, you know, when, when you get uh, feeling good and, and uh, everything's going well, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, you know, he's been fun to watch. He's been
0: been dominant. That whole line's been dominant. Uh, they've, been, uh, they've been solid.
1: You can text 780-496-0063. This texture responding to Ralph's phone call before the news break saying, wholeheartedly agree with Ralph. Let's not trade the future for a little success this year. Stay the course. The future looks brighter than it has for a long time. Ken Holland had a dynasty in Detroit. Let's let him do his work here. Maybe he can do the same thing here. Dean says, hey, Reed, the Oilers have proven all year they can go toe-to-toe with the big boys, and yet you say they are not close to winning. A healthy Oilers team can and will do a lot of damage in this year's postseason. Well, Dean, I hope you're right. Here's, here's, what, I, here's what I mean, and exactly what I said was that I don't think the Oilers are one player away from being like an elite team that would be considered a favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Now, you're right. They've done really well against some really good teams. Certainly the last 19 games have been impressive at 12, 4, and 3. They've been getting goaltending. They've been getting special teams. And they're, they're playing a a resilient and sturdier style of hockey than we've seen of Oilers teams in past years they don't make a lot of huge mistakes and you know with a couple of exceptions they are in every game they always feel like at least they have a chance going to the third period even if they're tied or behind but Dean I will counter your comment with this Dean I would like you to look at the 16 teams currently in playoff spots and rank them 1 to 16 in terms of how likely you think they are to win the Stanley Cup. And in my mind, Dean, if you don't have a team in the top four, five, maybe six, they're not an elite team and a really strong favourite to win the Stanley Cup. Now, teams can come from outside of that group to win. I'm just saying if you're approaching the trade deadline... I'm saying the Oilers should not be approaching the trade deadline as an elite team that just needs one player to further solidify really good chances of winning the Stanley Cup. That's how I'm going to put that, Dean. So, you know what? Rank those 16 teams, Dean. See where you have the Oilers of the 16 current playoff teams. Reed Wilkins with you, Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Former CFL receiver, former coach in the league as well, Nick Lewis is on the line. Nick, great to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm good, good. How you doing? Good. Thanks for hanging on there. I, you know I got to give the McDavid update. Uh you know that's like your star quarterback out of action and everybody's waiting for him to what he's going to get back, right? <laughs> yeah, he's still out for a while. I think the last time I said it was like 2 weeks, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, well, he's getting close. I mean, he took part in practice today. Uh we'll see about tomorrow. Like I said, he's going to travel with the team, so maybe uh maybe maybe he's coming back. How when you played Nick, how, how did you How did you, how did teammates, how did coaching staffs approach either the quarterback being out, your star running back, your star receiver? Um, You know, it can deflate a team. Maybe it can bring in some self-doubt. Is there a better way for coaches and teammates to handle things when a star goes down?
2: No, everybody kind of wants to do a little bit more, and they have the mindset of, okay, I get the chance to get the ball a little bit more, or I get the chance to do this, and I get my opportunity. Uh, You know, backup quarterbacks especially, how often does that usually happen, to backups, and then they get put in the situation. One, they get to prove that they're a quality backup, and two, they get to, if you look at uh, Calgary's situation last year, now look, look there, he's now the starter in Ottawa. He gets to prove that he could be a starter in this league, and he gets an opportunity somewhere else. So it's always about everybody that plays professional sports, they believe they can get the job done and just the way the makeup of the team is made up sometimes they're deferring to other people and now they get the opportunity to step up and say hey i can be one of those guys too
1: all right yeah that, that that's a good point well and uh, people have said that to me before if you play pro sports you're probably a pretty confident individual aren't you so <laughs> you think that if you just get the chance now it's your turn to be the star yeah Take it till you make it. <laughs> Nick, always great to have you on the show. A couple of football stories we want to touch on with you. The XFL season is underway. I have not seen a lot of the action. I, I think some of the rule changes are are interesting. Uh, I know I was talking to Dave Campbell, who you connected with to come on tonight, and Dave said after uh, week two he wasn't uh, wasn't that impressed with what he saw in the second week. But there are some CFL players Taking a look, Armonte Edwards uh, signing with the XFL. S.J. Green has gone down there. Derek Dennis, who's been a really good offensive lineman in the Canadian Football League, has uh, gone to the XFL as well. How, you know, as a guy who played and, and, and you, know, you know, you're know, you always looking for the best deal and the best opportunity, how do you look at the XFL opportunity as, as compared to the, to the CFL here?
2: Oh, I think it's a great opportunity for guys. I and mean, when you look at guys in the CFL, The guys that are currently playing or that played in the AAF last year and now playing in the XFL are guys that just couldn't really make the roster in the CFL or the NFL. Now you're getting guys that are some of the top guys. I believe Armani Edwards is one of the top ten receivers in the CFL. He's super consistent. And you look at Este, he's a future Hall of Famer. Those guys going down there now, it's going to bring more talent and that's when you start to get into the the only way that this league can survive longer than the 3 years that Vince McMahon has said he's going to fund the league is to have top guys coming in and they're guys that that are not just castoffs but are guys that can go out there and play the game at a high level and that's what they're going to do i mean SAS probably both of those guys uh, both the receivers I know for sure are going to go down there and they're going to play well.
1: So should fans of the Canadian Football League be worried then about not having as much talent in the league this summer or do you think that there are just so many football players out there that that want a shot to play pro that, that it's just going to even out in the end?
2: No, and that's where it gets interesting is down the road. It's not now, it's in year two and year three when guys are choosing to go there instead of the CFL Um, right now, it's just with the way the salary cap happened last year, teams planned on it going up. It didn't go up. So then they had to cut salary. Mm -hmm. So then there's a big fall. And you see guys like Darrell Walker who signed for 275 last year, still waiting for a contract. Right. And teams are almost full because they had signed so many guys uh, like Edmonton last year, they signed so many big names. And now look how many big names have left because of that. They were planning on it going up. It didn't go up. So now there's just, you know, this little mess. But if guys start making the change and saying, I'm going to go play there over the uh, CFL, then that's going to be the biggest thing. And it comes down to not just money, but the exchange rate. Right? Guys go home, they're losing 30 to 35% of their money. Uh, going home, they're paying two mortgages. Uh, they're paying one at home and then one up here. And there's a lot of things that goes into the factors. It's not just what they're going to make in one league or the other.
1: Nick, when you were in the CFL, were you ever asked to renegotiate your contract or take a pay cut?
2: I took pay cuts all the time. Yeah, and I think, but it, it was just the fact of uh, I was putting more money in my pocket. Being an American, and you get the uh, you get paid, uh, was it tax 15% if you're an American player on signing bonuses, and I think my tax bracket was like 36, 38%. So for me to take a five or ten thousand dollar pay cut, but then they're turning 30, 40 thousand into a signing bonus, I'm actually putting more money in my pocket because of that uh, tax break. Okay. Right. So, so it's it was a strategic thing. I would actually go to them and say, hey, let me take a tax, uh, let me take a pay cut and get some more money up front. Right? Oh. So it just, it just does, you know, just things like that. The guys that know those things can do it. The guys that don't, you know, they're worried about the number on the paper, but then it's all about the money you put in your pocket anyway. I don't care what the number on paper says.
1: Oh, That's an interesting way to put it. So you were able to sort of, uh, I guess, rig it, for lack of a better term, so you, your take-home pay was still something you were happy with then. Okay. Nick. Yeah, was- at, one point,
2: at one point, I got $108,000 in signing bonus in three months.
1: Oh really? yeah, and then during the season you wouldn't your paycheck wouldn't have been that big then from from month to month
2: Well, no, it was still pretty good It was one of those uh in the middle of the season right before I went into my um i was going in i was uh in my option year, and they came to me in my option year, and they really couldn't afford to pay me during that season. So they turned some of my money into a signing bonus that season and up me like fifteen twenty thousand dollars 20000 But then at the end of the season, I got another signing bonus to sign another contract.
1: Oh, I so, see. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's it is interesting how it works. Nick Lewis, former CFL receiver, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. I want to throw another one at you here. Randy Ambrosi is uh, touring Canada. I think he's in Edmonton on Monday or Tuesday. He is pitching – Possibly a new playoff format. Now, we all know generally the West has been stronger than the East. Doesn't win the Grey Cup every year, but we've had that West crossover team in the playoffs a lot of times. We've had some Eastern teams with kind of mediocre regular season records get to host playoff games. Ambrosie is pitching. They would keep the divisions, and the two first-place teams would still get buys but then the next teams would just be ranked as the three through six seeds. And then the first place team would get to pick their opponent <laughs> in the semifinal. What do you think of this? Is this dangerous? Is that just motivation for the lower seed? If they got picked by the higher seed as the, uh, as the opponent? It's kind of gimmicky. What do you think?
2: Well, one, I don't believe that you should have the fate in your hands being the number one seed like that. Um, Two, I do like the playoff format of having one and two, and then three through six, and just letting it play out. All right, if you look, I mean, it only it only really affects you when you're when you're talking about uh, BC versus Toronto or Montreal matchup. Right, if you get that early in the playoffs, then that could that could affect you. But other than that. I just think that, you know, don't let don't let a team choose. That's just disrespectful.
1: <laughs> I like I like I like how you put that. Nick, uh just quickly let people know what you're up to these days.
2: Man, I'm doing my Lulu Logic podcast. I just released episode ten tonight and it's been a lot of fun, you know, uh, talking to former teammates and coaches and different people, uh, vice president. Uh, that's a naturopath doctor. And I released uh, the one tonight with uh, Zel- Zelko Stefanovich, who runs Sass And he's the director of partnership with the q Collar. So we talk brain and mm. different stuff that's helping these athletes go out and perform and try to take some of the fear and stuff away from parents uh, from letting their kids go out and compete because it's so important uh, sports are so important because it teaches you so many life lessons to overcome things, to work in teams, uh, to be able to lead and, and build some a lot of the qualities that it takes to be successful in life. So, yeah, I'm just on this journey, man, and it's, it's been good.
1: Well, Nick, you're welcome on the show anytime. Thanks for uh, checking in here in the middle of February to talk a little football and some of the storylines affecting the CFL. Take care, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, that is uh, Nick Lewis. Very interesting stuff about his signing bonuses and his contracts and how he found a way to take a pay cut in theory, but because of the tax bracket it put him in and when he was getting the money, it, it actually helped him out. That was, uh, that was pretty interesting. All right, we have Oilers tickets, Kellen. We do. Tomorrow, two tickets. Oilers will be wearing their new alternate jerseys against the Minnesota Wild. You have to answer a trivia question live on air, 780-496-0063. I will give you a, a little bit of direction. The Oilers have had several players come up from the Bakersfield Condors this year. So the question will be about the Bakersfield Condors and the current roster. Okay? 780 63 Back after the break. <laughs> guitar opening of all time it's up there it's up there Kelly. if it's not number one it's on a very short list top five okay i would like to give somebody two tickets to see the oilers in the wild play tomorrow night you have to answer the trivia question i'm going to ask live on air i will let morgan know that he is going to be first up morgan i'm going to ask the question and activate the line you'll have 10 seconds to answer it is about the Bakersfield Condors and it's not a it's not a trick question. There have been a lot of players called up from the condors, but this player, the answer to the question, is on the condors roster. He's not one of the guys who has been called up to Edmonton. Okay? It's a pretty simple question. Who is currently the leading scorer for the Bakersfield Condors? Who is the Condors leading scorer? Morgan, do you know the answer?
3: Ah oh, man.
1: He was with the Oilers for a little bit late last year. I got nothing. It's okay, buddy. Well, Sorry? Is
4: it Tyler
1: Benson? It's not Tyler Benson. So it's a pl- the player is not up with the Oilers right now. He is with the Condors. Grant, who is the Condors' leading scorer currently? I, I think it's Josh Curry. It is Josh Curry, who uh, has 39 points in 50 games. So he's past Tyler Benson since Benson Gulf caught up. The uh, third leading scorer on the team is Evan Bouchard, who is now called up. And then uh, fourth and fifth are Brad Malone and Joseph Gambardella, who have been with the Oilers in the past. Have you been to a game this season? I have not. Have you been to Rogers Place at all? Oh, actually, yeah.
3: I went to a bunch of games the last couple of years, but nothing
1: this year. Now, uh, we were talking, I don't know how much you heard in the first hour of the show. We heard a little bit from Hall and a little bit about Tippett, about trade deadline approach. What would your approach be, Grant?
3: I think I would, uh, I, I would stay with what they got, see what happens. And then when the, when the, cap, um, when the cap, when they get more money starting in the offseason, season, gives them more flexibility
1: to, to do some things. But uh, go with this. Give them a chance, you know, see what happens. Which oiler has surprised you the most this season, either for the good or for the bad?
3: I, I think um, Ethan Baer. Mm-hmm because he's played, you know, right from the get-go. I mean, he missed the first uh, uh, game. I don't think he's missed any other game, so he didn't dress for the first game. And then he's looked like he's been in the league for, you know, three, four years. Um, you know, moves the puck, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, still makes them, but they all do. Um, you know, has done well. So I think him, I mean, I, I think he's a pleasant surprise. I don't think anybody had him... Um, you know, playing the minutes that he's playing and contributing to the team, you know, two thirds of the way through the season. Um, no one would have assumed that, uh, you know, back in September.
1: Well said. Grant, stay on the line and enjoy the game tomorrow. If you're in Studio 99, come say hi. Thanks, Reeve. All right, that is Grant who gets the tickets. Josh Curry is indeed the leading scorer on the Bakersfield Condors. U of A Golden Bears hockey playoffs this weekend. Head coach Ian Herber's coming up, and Tom Reed with the lowdown on tomorrow's opponent for the Oilers, the Minnesota Wild. belief shut out the Penguins 4-0 late in the third the Devils lead the Sharks 2-1 the Canadians get by the Capitals 4-3 in overtime Sherratt with two goals including the game winner Gallagher got his 20th late in the third it's 3-3 Philadelphia and Columbus early in the third Jets up 4-1 on the Senators still no score late in the second period between Arizona and St. Louis Arizona Tied with Calgary, 68 points. They hold down the two wild card spots in the NHL's Western Conference, and uh, also later on, Lightning and Golden Knights. The Panthers will play the Kings. The Oilers play tomorrow, seven o'clock, puck drop. Rogers Place, five thirty faceoff show here on six thirty. Ched McDavid did practice today and uh, he looked fine, didn't rule out playing tomorrow, but didn't say it'll happen either. So we'll just have to wait to see uh, what happens with McDavid tomorrow morning. The team is 3-1-1 one and one with him out of the lineup.
0: Oh, they've been great. You know, it's, been, uh, it's been five games. They've all been hard fought. Um, you know, good to get a couple wins as well. So you know, the, guys, uh, the guys have been unbelievable, and um, it's been fun to watch.
1: All right, more on McDavid on our website, 630 shed.com Also, Ken Holland spoke today, a bit of a trade deadline preview. We've been talking about a lot about that tonight on Inside Sports and uh, get the full story on our website as well. Playoffs this weekend for the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. Pleased to be joined by their head coach, Ian Herbers. Ian, welcome back to the show. Hope you're doing well. Doing well, thanks, Reed. A lot going on uh, at the U of a. It's, a. it's a fun time of year. we got the volleyball quarterfinals already starting tonight pandas and golden bears playing saskatchewan i do not have uh, i always get an email at the uh, end of games from your sports information department so well, I bears-
0: off there on my way home and i caught the first two sets uh bears from the first two that's okay. all i can tell you all right one them handily. it looked pretty good for them
1: okay good so hopefully the bears uh finish off the huskies in game one of the best of three in the pandas will start around eight o'clock uh men's basketball is home on the weekend uh, ladies basketball is going down to Calgary. And, of course, you guys, 7 o'clock Friday, Saturday, and if necessary, Sunday against UBC. Uh, Ian, was was UBC necessarily the opponent you expected? And give us a bit of a scouting report on that team.
0: Uh, no, I thought Mount Royal had a strong year and had a very good year. Played us very tough, um, and they were going to come through. But UBC and Mount Royal, they've played a tough series as well all year long. They played their last league games, Mount Royal was in UBC, and they split those games and then split the games in playoffs and won the the third one in overtime. So two very close teams, two teams that play very similar. Uh, UBC is very well. coached. Venn does a very good job there. Uh, Respect everything he's done with the program every time we play him. It's always been good games, good weekends, uh, tough battles, uh, and a joy to coach. Um but they're gonna be clogged things up. They're a big team. They scored a lot of goals and offensive zone plays cycling around in the O zone, so we've got to make sure we're eliminating guys in a hurry. Uh don't give give them an opportunity to roam around. Um then specialty teams, our power plays gotta capitalize and our penalty kills gotta be a, a threat and kill off when we need to. And disciplined. Uh, so we've got to stay out of the box don't give them those opportunities and then the key for us is just make sure we keep playing relentless using our depth and and playing a fast speedy quick game
1: in 23 and 5 in the regular season another excellent record for the golden bears hockey team but but we talk all the time about the standards are high there tell me if if you can about maybe the bumpiest part of the road this season and what you learned about your team as they got through that
0: well, we brought in 13, I do believe, new recruits, um, so a lot of young guys, first-year guys playing in our lineup. Uh, you never know how that's going to you know, come together at the start of the season. Uh, I thought that was very good. We had a good summer, a good training, a good training camp. Uh, we had our trip down to the States. I thought we played very well in Minnesota-Duluth. Uh, not great in St. Cloud, but I thought it was a good bonding trip for our guys, a good experience, uh, and a good challenge for our guys, uh, realizing the caliber down there and pushed us. Uh, Then Mount Royal beat us, the split with us beat us here that first time, uh, and they played very well against us. And then uh, probably our biggest bump was this year our last series against Calgary, and we ended up losing both games. They stepped it up, they played a playoff-style weekend, they were they were playing to try and move up in the standings up to second uh, or to get into third, which they did. And we just kind of kept it in, um, I guess, regular season mode. It wasn't a, bad weekend, but it wasn't the level we needed to be, but it's a good wake-up call uh, having that adversity, getting pushed through things, different challenges uh, obviously injuries, some uh, suspensions and stuff like that guys have been rotated in our lineup We got a lot of guys got a lot of ice time a lot of different looks, and we got to see a lot of, on our players, so it was a good year for us
1: okay, Are you prepared to tell us your starting goaltender for tomorrow? Uh, Brendan Burke Brendan Burke, okay. Yeah. And it's been, uh, I I mean, you you thought you were going to have outhouse. Uh, Has has, has Burke played a lot? Have you split it? How have you done it?
0: Uh, For the most part, our goalies have split. There was a couple weekends where we tried to go with one guy because of travel and different other issues going on. Um, But it's just like the rest of our team up front and on defense. Our strength is using everybody, our depth. uh, Berlin has come in and played very well. Um, and we've started Burke on Fridays, Berlin on Saturday, and that combination has seemed to work very well for us through the year.
1: All right. Uh, well, Ian, it, it's always exciting when it, it gets to playoff time. Uh, it, it's always intense. If there are still some people out there who haven't been to a game at Claire Drake Arena, uh, I suggest this weekend and hopefully next when you uh, when you host the, uh, the the Canada West Championship Series uh as well how have uh you know it it's tough you got a lot of students it's not a great time for the economy how has it been uh, crowd wise this season at the drake
0: Uh, It's been good. Uh, This week is reading week for us, so not a lot of students around on campus. Hopefully they start filtering back tomorrow and we have a good student body there. Uh, When we do have a good student population at the game, it's fun, exciting. They get the chance going, rattling the glass. They get their empty beer glass pyramids going and everything else. So it's a fun atmosphere, good excitement in the building. Uh, But for the most part, our crowds have been good, loud and boisterous.
1: Right on. Ian, it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks for being so generous with your time. All the best, and uh, hopefully I'll see you Saturday night. All right. Always my pleasure, Reed. Thank you. Ian Herber is head coach of the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. So, you know, heavy favorites against UBC. Bears won 23 games in the regular season. Thunderbirds won just nine. But as he mentioned, they did uh, upend a pretty good Mount Royal team in the quarterfinal last weekend. The Oilers play the Wild tomorrow. Tom Reed, the uh, always entertaining radio color analyst, is set to join us in the next section of the show. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Uh, not away that
0: long, so he's uh, been there a couple times now, so um, yeah, I
1: feel pretty good. A little bit there from Connor McDavid. Skated at around 9-ish uh, this morning and then took part in Oilers practice at noon. Maybe he plays tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild, but again, maybe not. He will go on the road trip that starts in L.A. on Sunday. The Oilers and Wild tomorrow, Tom Reed is their radio color analyst. Tom, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fine right now. We've got the dads with us on this trip, so we've got a
4: total of 88 people traveling with us right now between the team and all the representatives of the team and the fathers and the uh, uh, the grandfathers and the brothers and so on. So it's it's kind of a fun time right now for this team.
1: Yeah, well, it's neat how teams do that, usually either with fathers or mothers Coming into town for a couple games or going on a brief road trip—did anything resembling that happen when you played for the Minnesota North Stars in the '60s and '70s, Tom? Absolutely not. I would go back to the days, of
4: my days in Chicago, also. But none of this—none uh, of this stuff existed back in those days. But it's a great opportunity for the. You know, the, the family members to see how what their sons are doing and how they travel and so on. It's totally different really, than it used to be. Believe me, uh, we used to travel commercial flights. It was three abreast and you didn't get much food. If you're lucky, you might get a meal. You may not. And, uh, and so it's a little bit different, but I think it's a great, great uh, thing that they've started. And was David Poyle, who started this with uh, the uh, National Predators a number of years ago.
1: Yeah, well, it's always it's always neat. I know, I know the Oilers have had some big wins with either the Mums or Dad and atten- Ted's in attendance, and you get those great shots of them cheering and slapping hands and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's been pretty fun. Well, an exciting one last night in Vancouver. I, I didn't get to see very much of this game, Tom, because obviously we had our own broadcast last night between the Oilers and the Bruins. Wound up going to a shootout. Uh, take me through last night's game between the Wild and the Canucks.
4: You know, I look at the Vancouver, I I thought they were the better team last night. I mean, they've got some good young legs. I look at the young uh, Hughes kid. I I look at uh, uh, Pedersen and 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 some of the young guys. We don't have that luxury, but our guys play hard. That's the one thing about our team. We've got a a lot of uh, older players in our squad, and they're usually our best players right now with this team as well, but I thought Vancouver really came on. as very hard, but you know, sometimes you have to have some puck luck. Devin Duvick made some big saves when he had to, and and that was a big plus for Minnesota. So it's always nice to win uh, the first game when you're on a two-game road trip, or whatever it may be. But it was a it was a it was a battle right to the end. Of course, winning in the uh, shootout was a, a big plus for Minnesota, getting uh, you know some extra points, and that's what they need right now. They're trying to claw their way back into a, a playoff position after uh, having Bruce uh, Bruce uh, dismiss dismisses their head coach. So Dean Everson comes in, and uh, you know he's got some work work to do with this hockey club. But hopefully, he'll get it done sooner than later.
1: Well, you mentioned Boudreau being fired and to me the, that was a little bit surprising I, I know Minnesota isn't in, in a great spot in the playoff race but what were they, they were 7-3-1 and one in the last 11 games under Bruce it seemed like things were going okay but Bill Guerin still decided to, to make the change what can you tell us your perspective of the, the timing of that coaching change Tom?
4: Well, I, I don't think I'm any different than anybody else around the league. I wonder why it happened at that point. But there's things, obviously, that Bill was not happy with. It, and he being the general manager, and then his first year as a GM in the National Hockey League, he's had been the uh, assistant with uh, Jimmy Rutherford down in, in uh, uh pittsburgh for a number of years but he came in and thought he had to make this change now and maybe a chance that he wants to see what dean could do also as a head coach in the nhl dean's been around for a long time but you know when you're the, the top dog and making those decisions and they're not they're not easily made uh there's a you know a lot goes into it because you're affecting a lot of families but uh, i think everyone in the league was shocked because of the timing of it was just a few games ago and minnesota seemed to be playing pretty well in those last
1: 11 games you talked about uh, how, what has Dean Everson brought behind the bench in the, in the few games that he's coached?
4: Well, he's only had two games, so we haven't seen too much. And of course, he was with Bruce a number, you know, last year and this year after coming in from uh, Milwaukee, which was the Nashville farm team. He was brought in by Paul Fenton. But at the same time, he also was with Bruce in Washington for five years, from 2007 to 2012. So he has a pretty good understanding of what Bruce was doing, and I think uh, because he had quite a bit of input, that I don't think you're going to see a lot of changes uh, early on, at least with his team, until he gets more established uh, with his with his staff and what he wants to do. I mean, he he can't he has to be himself. He can't uh, he has, can't follow what Bruce was doing. He's if he wants to stay in the league, obviously he has to earn his stripes to do so do I don't
1: think he's trying to do that. In terms of the playoff race, I mean, it's five points, but that can be a long way. The, the trade deadline is coming up on Monday. Any, uh, you know, has Garen said anything about his, uh, his approach? Is there any sense that you're getting about how the Wild might approach the deadline? I mean, I know they already did make a, a deal a few days ago. What do you see happening in the next few days, Tom?
4: Well, we really don't know. I mean, I asked Bill the same question. Are we buyers or sellers? And what are you going to do? And he's still undecided. I think, you know, you have to wait and see what the offers are going to be. You have to ask, in order to get something, you have to give up something. And you have to have something to give up. And when you you look at our squad right now, we're probably one of the oldest teams in the NHL. We've got a lot of senior members who are are still playing and and playing actually pretty well for the most part. So uh, I'm sure that Bill is looking at all offers that might come his way. Maybe he's making a few offers to other teams, too. But I think he wants to get younger with his hockey club and I, I certainly the, uh, would attest that that's probably the way to go with this team right now. That The league has gotten so much younger, so much quicker, much so much uh, mobility now, especially on that blue line with defensemen. So I think he's looking at all those different options.
1: All right, and you—you you may or may not have Connor McDavid as an opponent tomorrow night. As uh, we're, we got a lot of, we'll see, we'll see about Connor moving uh, moving ahead here. Look, you—you you played, uh, you played maybe a bit of reflection. Uh, when you any team you were on that had a top player out of the lineup, and you have a story about either surviving it or it or it being a disaster <laughs> from your playing days.
4: Well, well, you know, I'm going way back, and I, you know, I'm going back to days of you know, Jean Bellevaux and Cornelier and and uh, Bobby Orr. I mean, the list goes on and on. And it's not so much who you play; it's when you play them. And when you look at uh, Edmonton and the players they have out of the line, but having haven't Connor out of the lineup, but certainly a big plus for the teams coming into the play. But, I mean, when you look at what Drysdale has brought to this hockey club, I mean, it's been absolutely terrific to, and fun for him to watch, too. And, and I remember one of the coaches, uh, I think it was Todd McClellan, said to him, you know, you don't have to be the second best player here. Referring to Connor McDavid, you you could be maybe you could be number one, and I think title took that to heart. And uh, I mean, that's the story I'm hearing, and I I would think that that certainly gave him a lot more, uh, I think, uh, energy and perhaps confidence in his own game. But this is a, obviously the Oilers, are a good young hockey club. We've got to we've got to really claw our way back into a playoff position. As you know, read five points is very difficult to make up in a month's time, but. Can, you, can it be done? Yes, it can be, but you have to really uh, work at it and you have to get some some help along the way because you have to leapfrog so many teams to get to that wild card
1: position. Tom, you're always a pleasure to have on the program. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning at the Morning Skate. All the best. Thanks, Reed. I'm looking forward to the meal tomorrow. Well, well, there you go. Sounds good, Tom. Hope it's a good one. Tom Reed, always fun to have on the show, radio analyst for the Minnesota Wild. Okay, final uh, look at the scoreboard before we leave you for tonight. The Devils have beaten the Sharks 2-1. P.K. Subban, the winner in that game, his seventh of the season. The Maple Leafs bounce back and beat the Penguins 4-0. Canadians over the Capitals 4-3 in overtime. Flyers over Columbus 4-3 in overtime. Kevin Hayes got the winner his 19th of the season. The Jets lead the Senators 4-1 with eight minutes to go. And after two, it's scoreless between the Coyotes and the Blues. The Golden Knights and Lightning will face off in about 10 minutes. Of course, the Golden Knights... A point behind the Oilers for first in the Pacific. So a Vegas victory tonight puts them ahead of the Oilers and would knock Edmonton down into second place. Panthers and Kings coming up later as well. Again, Connor McDavid practiced today. There was no definite word on his status for tomorrow. Maybe he does play tomorrow. We just don't know. He will go with the team on the road trip, LA, Anaheim, and Vegas. So if he's uh, traveling, I would think he'll play on the road trip if he doesn't play tomorrow. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30 Chad. The game will start at 7. It's the Oilers against the Minnesota Wild. And of course, you can get more on the uh, upcoming trade deadline on 630 Ched.com. Extensive comments from Ken Holland today, some of which you heard on the show. He was also asked any interest around the league in Yessi Puolivuori, who's been playing in Finland. No, I haven't really, I haven't really, uh, I haven't really shopped him, and no one's really asked. All right, quick answer there on Puolivuori. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is the studio producer. You heard from Ian Herbert, Tom Reed, Nick Lewis. Thanks for all your comments as well. Five thirty tomorrow, I'll join you from Studio Ninety Nine for the Face Off Show. Take care.